Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. What a great message. Friends, open up to Ephesians chapter 4. As we're going to read together, as we're reading straight through Ephesians this summer, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16, and as we open there, let me just say it's a joy to be back with you after a little time off, our annual vacation back to uh, Maryland with my family, cranked in a lot of fish. More, I mean, that that VBS thing, that's nothing, that the miracle of the fishes, we, we hauled them in. And, uh, but it's such a joy to be back in worship with you. And uh, aren't we enjoying having Rod at our organ? Where'd he go? And uh, that thing is on fire over there. Smoke coming up out of that. And it's a joy to be worshiping the Lord together. We turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. Hear now the word of the Lord. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. So, Lord, we pray that you would help us to receive your word, not just to hear it, think about it, watch it drift by, but, Lord, to be touched and changed, transformed, to be your church for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, long live variety. When I was growing up, my grandmother used to have a saying when I said I didn't like something, she said, well, that's why God made chocolate and vanilla. (laughs) Did anybody's grandmother say that? 
you know, because she figured, well, if you don't like vanilla ice cream, you've got the chocolate ice cream. So that should cover everybody, right? We've got both vanilla and chocolate. Everybody's covered. Well, that's not a lot. But you know why she said that? Because back then, that was all we had. We had chocolate and we had vanilla. That was all there was. I mean, maybe sometimes you would get strawberry ice cream every now and then, but if I could tell you how many tubs of Neapolitan ice cream I threw away with that strawberry sliver, <laughs> still in it, you know. That really was no good. But you had chocolate and you had vanilla. And then along came Baskin-Robbins. 31 flavors. And then, and then they invented cookie dough in the ice cream. I mean, this for me was bigger than the moon landing, right? <laughs> Life has now changed. And what I've just learned is that there's a shop in New Jersey that has invented ham-flavored ice cream. Pork roll-flavored, to, to be exact. To which I say... Finally, <laughs> right? I mean, it's about time. How are they missing the need for ham-flavored ice cream? But long live variety, you see? You know, uh, thank God that people were a little more creative than chocolate and vanilla. And do you know why people were more creative than that? Do you know why? Because they were made by a creative God and in his image. The same God who furnished creation with over 18,000 species of birds. The same God who, if you, hold a, if you hold a dime up to the night sky, it covers 15 million stars. That's how many stars God put up in the sky. That's, that's how creative he is. The same God who did all that and made you and me in his image. Listen, we're, if we're made in his image, we're not going to settle for chocolate and vanilla. We're, we were made by a super creative God, a God who loves variety and diversity and the beauty that it brings. So now, when it comes to, to building his church, what do we expect? The scriptures we read have lists of, of qualities and gifts, backgrounds and cultures, languages and races all coming together to build this, this one structure, this one ornate, beautiful temple to the Lord. And to all these various different people, it says, when the church comes together, God also gives to all their various different people these various different gifts. Various different strengths, various different talents, but various different particular spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Maybe you've studied spiritual gifts before in, in a Bible study or a life group. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not things that we are born with. They're not innate qualities. They seem to be something that God gives by his Holy Spirit to each individual believer in the church for the upbuilding of the church. And what we're supposed to do is bring them and use them so that the church can perform its mission. Well, you get all the lists, and if you study all the lists of spiritual gifts and the different letters, well, they all come out a little bit uh, different. And so some people say, well, what you do is you add up all those lists, and the sum total of that is the sum total of possible 
spiritual gifts, but I'm not so sure. I think God is saying, look, I love variety. And I love giving all kinds of different gifts to all kinds of different people. And I love when they come together on one mission and one purpose. When it all comes together, watch out. See, God has a plan for his church. It's a body with many parts and many different parts doing many different things. And so long as every part is only interested in being me, well, then nothing can happen at all. But if every part is willing to be we, if every part is willing to be a part of the body, well, then watch out because this body is on the move. As Pastor Andy Stanley says, this only works when every part does its part. You see? The church is a body. Listen now, a body is nobody until everybody gets involved, right? You say that with me? A body is nobody until everybody gets involved. We've got to get in. God equips his church for his purposes. So today we talk about Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, and what we're talking about is we're talking about being the church all together. So you have a gift to bring. You have something particular to bring to the body. You are and, and you have something for this body that nobody else can bring. Nobody else is going to bring what you've got to bring in the service of the Lord in this body, his church. And a body is nobody until everybody gets involved. So I'm going to break this passage down into three parts for you today. We're going to talk, one, about the qualities of the body, two, about the leaders of the body, and three, about the tasks of the body. So number one, the qualities, the qualities of the body. Well, we get a little list here. We get some, some descriptors. We get a picture of what the body is like. Look at verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Well, that's a lot to do right there, isn't it? Be completely humble. Humility, it's a quality of the body. Now, humility isn't, uh, it isn't low self-esteem or self-abasement. Humility is submitting yourself, submitting yourself to God. Submitting yourself and not thinking of yourself too highly or as more important than others. Humility is, is to not expect to be treated any different, right? And certainly to not expect to be treated any better than Christ, God's own Son, Sometimes we, we, we think we should look at how Christ was treated, the, the highest one, the holiest one, and see how humble Jesus is. Be humble. It says be completely humble. It says be gentle. The body's gentle. We're gentle with one another. What has happened to the virtue of gentleness? This used to be a, a mark of 
of genuine masculinity, right? You'd call someone a gentleman. Say, this man, that's a gentleman. Young ladies, you are, you're looking for a gentleman. You're looking for someone who, who uses the power that he has thoughtfully with care for how it impacts those around him. Men, you're looking for a gentle woman. What happened to gentleness? Be, be completely humble. Be gentle. Be patient, it says. Take a, a minute, you know, just take a minute. Be patient. Be patient. Hang in with one another. It says, bear with one another in love. Carry one another's burdens. I was once talking with a man who was, had come to faith and, and was, had become a Christian out of an honor society, an honor-based society, a society where men are measured by their, their contribution. And when they falter, when they fail, they're shamed publicly before their family, an honor society. And And he said to me, he looked me in the eyes and he said, Pastor, I make you this promise. He said, I promise I will never be a burden to you or the church. I swear, he said, I will only add, I will never detract, I will not be a liability. And do you know what I said to him? I said, well, brother, you can't join the church then. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) work. Because if you join this church, friend, we are all blessings and liabilities to one another. If you won't bring your burdens for the church to share, well, then we can't be the church together. Be the church. Bring your burdens. Bear one another's burdens. What a beautiful image. There's unity in the body. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Through the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There's unity, you see, there's unity. But you get to appreciate this unity because you clearly see the diversity. It isn't, it isn't sameness, it's It's diversity, it's all kinds of variance, it's difference coming together. And so you get to experience this amazing unity, differences coming together in a huge variety of gifts. Verse 7, when... Uh, But to each one of us, grace has been given, or a grace, or a gift, a spiritual charism has been given as Christ apportioned it. All these different people and all these different gifts. This is why it says... When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people, which is, by the way, Paul taking Psalm 68, 18 and and turning it around on its head to make a point. So the psalm says, if you read it, that uh, the Lord goes up on the mountain to receive gifts, but Paul, in inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he flips it, says the Lord goes up and captured gifts to shower down upon us. But the point is this. We're all different people, and we all get different gifts, But God knows how to weave them together and bring them into one body and bind them into one spirit, one faith, one mission. It's a supernatural unity. It's not man-made that we get to enjoy. Well, these are the qualities of the body. Let's, Let's turn to the leaders of the body. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave... 
the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, Christ himself gave these to the church to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's five types of leader every church, every healthy church should have and should celebrate and should develop. Apostles, apostles, they're sent ones. That's what apostle means. They're sent off. These are people who are able to carry the message into new territory and break new ground. Prophets, the church has prophets. We have prophets within us, not not future seers, not fortune tellers, no, prophets, those who are able to apply the word of God to the particular situation, the contemporary challenges. Prophets, boldness, prophetic boldness. Evangelists. Now we think of, sometimes we think of street corner preachers when we hear the word evangelist, you know, and not necessarily, not particularly. Let me give you an an old definition of an evangelist. An evangelist is one who presents the evangel, the good news about what Christ has done. One way to define an evangelist is this. A person who tells what Jesus has done and declares him worthy of praise. That's it. That's something almost all of us can do, right? And some with particular gift and effectiveness. Pastors. Well, you know who this bunch is. You've seen some of them around. Invisible six days a week and incomprehensible on the seventh. (laughs) Right? That's how Eugene Peterson (laughs) defines a pastor. You know those. Teachers. We've got teachers. These are all the the leaders of, of the body that Christ himself gives the church to move us along. And how do they lead? They lead by serving to equip. They lead by serving to equip you, the church, us, the church, to do the works of service. So who is it that serves the Lord? The evangelist, the apostle, the pastor? Who is it that serves the Lord? All of us. Yeah. But mostly you. You see? We leaders, we're here to equip you to do the works of service that God has put before the church. We're, I'm, mostly, the work is mostly yours. I'm sorry to tell you. But we work here to equip you, to empower you, to resource you, to encourage you, to push you along. And together, that's how uh, the church grows. Number three, the tasks of the body. What is it, by the way, that we're supposed to do? Well, we're certainly meant to do the work of worship. Worship. Coming together, lifting the... Oh, it's just so good to be back in the worshiping body with you after, after two weeks away from you. To, to, to lift up the name of God. Worship, prayer, praise to God. Offer weekly in the, in the heart of our city. This is our task. When God is glorified, lives are transformed. We worship together. And we, we have a mission God has sent us together as a body with a mission, a great commission. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus said. But here in this passage, it is not so much the things that we're supposed to do as what we're supposed to become. What are you willing to become? It says we're supposed to become something We have to be what the church is before we can do what the church does. What are you willing to become? Scripture says we must become mature. 
is grow up in Christ. Grow up. Verse 13, become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants. Listen now, you can be 75 years old and be an infant spiritually. Don't stay there. Don't just wait for the bottle to come. Don't just wait for the spoonful of sugar. No, go deeper. We, 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 we no longer will be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Friends, there's people that, that have it in them. They have a desire to deceive the body for their own agenda, their own purposes. Don't, get, don't stay there. You've got to go deeper, you see. Will you become mature? Not tossed around like a cork on the sea with every passing philosophy or fad or, or idea, just blown to and fro by every wind. No, no, rooted, deeply rooted, steeped in the Scriptures, solid in Christ. We are to help one another grow up in Christ. How do we do that? How do we grow? Verse 15, speaking the truth in love. Instead, you see, instead of being infants and staying on that level, instead, speak the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, speaking the truth in love. Do you know that some people uh, speak the truth without the love? It's true. I've noticed it. Have you seen some of that around? So what does that mean, speaking the truth in love? You know, this is one of our, our core characteristics of a life group that we trust one another to speak the truth to one another. That I need to be in a circle where if you, if you give me a scripture, if you speak scripture into my life, that I know, I trust that you have my best interest at heart, that you love me and want me to grow up and be more mature in Christ. And that's why you're challenging me with that scripture. And even if it's a hard word for me to hear, I know that you're speaking the truth to me in love with best interest at heart. And that's how we grow up. The task of the body is to grow. We're to grow, to grow up, to grow stronger, to grow, to grow bigger, to grow more mature, to grow healthier, all together. Verse 15, we will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, the body of Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's what I want you to see. We're going to grow. We're going to grow. We can't do it alone. We can only do this together. We can only do it as one body. We can only do it bound together, one body, one spirit, one life. But a body is nobody until everybody gets involved. Every part must do its part. Now, if you've been around Christian circles, if you've been going to church for a while, at some point you've heard a sermon about all the spiritual gifts and the body, and you've heard a very warm sermon about how every part is, is valuable. And every, that's exactly right. Every part is, you might think, oh, I'm just the pinky. Well, you've got to be the pinky, you know, and that's right. That's good. That's exactly right. But I want to push it a little step further. See, on the negative side of that, listen to me now. We're one body. If you don't do what you were designed to do, I can't do 
what I was designed to do. You see that? If you're not going to bring your gift, if you're not going to activate the gifts that God has given you in the service of Christ in the body of the church, well then, friends, I can't because we're bound together. I can't, I can't leave the pinky behind, you know? We've all got to go. We're bound together. And God has stuff for us to do. So get on board. Amen? Because, listen, a body is no body until everybody gets involved. So jump in. God has stuff for us to do. We've seen it. Uh, we had a great example this week with Vacation Bible School as the whole church, you know, gathered together uh, to reach these kids and, and to enjoy talking to them about Jesus. This is a picture of Ellie Lark, a middle schooler, building into our, our younger kids. And uh, Well, that's not, but there is one about her. And uh, there's a picture of Tom Slack you're going to see. And Tom, uh, this was his first time. He had 23 fourth graders to run around with his first time teaching uh, Bible is he up there? Nope, not today, but there he is. And uh, teaching Bible school his first time. And then that first picture you saw was George Ann Hughes and Nancy Wilson. Those guys are pros. They'll show you how to do this. You know, they know their way around. Vacation Bible school is about the whole church getting down on its knees together to kid level to tell them eye to eye, face to face, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. Oh, what a beautiful picture of what it means to be the body of Christ when every part does its part. So to close, I want you to go all the way back up to verse 1. This whole thing starts with this line, Ephesians 4, verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Worthy. That word worthy there is, a, is it's related to the word axis and what it's saying is I want you to bring the axis up to equal level. I want you to bring it up to the same, I want you to bring it up equally. It says, hey, you've been, you've been called, you've been called by Christ to be a part of this and now I want you to bring your, your character up. Let your character come to the level of your calling and live into it. Because what Christ has given you is a great gift and a great opportunity. And why? Well, Paul starts with his whole appeal with the simple phrase, the simple admission, I am a prisoner for the Lord. So he's in chains. He's in Roman chains. But even more to that, he's chained to the Lord. He's bound to the Lord and he's bound to his body, the church. And he's not upset about that. You see, chains that, that bind you to Christ, these are not heavy, weighty, burdensome chains. These are, these are things that are much more akin to a, a wedding ring or a friendship bracelet, something that says, I'm bound to you, and it's a joy, but it is binding. The Holy Spirit among us, he binds us together like tendons, like sinews and, and ligaments. He binds us in one body under one head, our one Lord Jesus Christ. There isn't a single one of us who deserves to be any part of this glorious body of Christ on earth or in heaven. But he binds us together anyway by his grace. He has pulled you in. He has bound himself to you. He wants you. He accepts you. In fact, he gave his life on the cross 
to bring you in and to bind you fully into his body. So, friends, what we want to say this morning is jump in. Let your, let your action match your salvation. Let your gratitude grow to the level of the grace that you've been given. Let your character match your calling and join in the body of the church. A body is no body until everybody gets in. Get involved. Get bound together and just watch what Christ wants to do with this body on the move. Let's pray. Lord, every head bowed, every eye Lord, we turn to you in our heart. We don't really know why, Lord, you would choose us to be a part of your body and draw us in and grant us your grace. Lord, we're so grateful that we get to be a part of something so beautiful, so eternal, so, so diverse and, and, and so profound. So Lord, continue to bind us together by your Holy Spirit and give us the energy and the power to live up to the calling in some small measure, Lord, as we give ourselves fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.